0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. I take your Bibles, please. Turn to Genesis chapter 50. Just having some wardrobe failure. I don't know if you've ever had that happen before. My daughter's like, tuck your shirt in. I'm like, okay, I can't think about that anymore. Uh, Genesis chapter 50, and uh, if you're able to stand, would you please? We do that uh, in honor of the word. If you're not able to, just stand up on the inside. If you don't want to, you're rebellious, and I'm glad you're here. Praise God. Genesis chapter 50, you have a problem with authority, you can be healed. Praise the Lord. You don't have to stay stuck in that place. It'll be all right. All right, are you ready? If you're sitting down with your arms folded and you're mad right now, yeah, I'm talking to you. Okay, Genesis chapter 50. (laughs) We having fun yet? Okay, here we go. Genesis chapter 50. This is the penultimate message in the series I've been doing on studies in the life of Joseph. Uh, Penultimate meaning the second to last. It is the second to last message. Next week will be the last one in the series that's really touched and impacted my life, and I hope it has yours as well. Genesis chapter 50, starting in verse 4. Now when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now i found favor in your eyes, please speak in the hearing of Pharaoh, saying, Quote, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I'm dying. In my grave, which I dug for myself, is the land of Canaan. There you are to bury me. Now, therefore, please let me go up and bury my father, and I will come back to you. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear. So then Joseph went up, this great multitude... Go down to verse 12. So his sons did for him just as he commanded them. His sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave. Go down to verse 14. And after he buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers and all who went up with him to bury his father. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for what you've done already in the first service, what you've done here. We pray, Lord, that you would release all that's in your heart towards us. Come on, just pray for yourself that God would speak to you today. Lord, we've not come for a lecture or or simple learning. We've come to receive from heaven a word, a now word that will change us and impact us, that we would walk in such a way that would be Representative of who you are and what you've done for us. So God, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, again, we do have notes for you. We'll hope that you will use those as we move along. I've entitled the message, Covenant Keeper. Everybody say, I am a covenant keeper. All right, I hope you are. That's a good prophetic statement if you're not, because we all need to be. A number of years ago in the early 90s, I was touched by a group called the Promise Keepers. Does anybody remember the men's organization called Promise Keepers and Coach McCarthy and this great group of men that got together? It was really a movement that took place in our nation and even around the world, touching especially Christian men. And uh, when I was invited to a Promise Keepers event, I was pretty new in the Lord and believing God to to get a few dollars together so I could fly to the island of Oahu to hear these speakers at a weekend event, and I was able to make it, and it changed my life. I got impacted by the love of God. I saw fathers and sons weeping on each other, and the Lord did a great work of healing in my life towards my father and just did something me as a man of God. And the Promise Keepers are, were an organization, they still might be around, but they were an organization that really challenged men to be men of their word, that challenged men to be men of covenant. Men of integrity. Men that would stand in the face of a crooked and a depraved generation and hold out the word of truth and be men that really modeled what it is to be a Christian. I I, I liked it because it took away the pansy sort of factor in churches. You know, men don't like pansy stuff most. And do you know what I mean by that? And sometimes, actually, I think what happened is men backed away from their walk with the Lord by and large, and women had to rise up and make a difference until the men began to wake up, and I believe there's still a waking up happening in men. And, and as a result, sometimes church is sort of sissified, but there's, there's a move of God that took place in the 90s, and even now, that, that, that real men can serve and love God and weep and cry and pray for the sick and, and resist the devil and see them flee, and you know, you don't have to look all cute and doily and all that. But I'm, how many of you are thankful for that? Great, that's like 15 people are thankful for that. Okay, good. How many of you like guns in church? Praise God, I do. Thank you, Jesus. As long as they're carried by God-fearing believers. So this group called the Promise Keepers really spread, and it taught men and, and women too, to be men and women that keep their word. I want you to know who the original Promise Keeper is. The original Promise Keeper is God Almighty. Isaiah says he sends forth his word and it doesn't return void. God stands over his word and it doesn't return void. He will bring about everything, not one jot, not one tittle will be left undone until it's all done and over with. And we stand in a place of, uh, of history where God is looking for people who will stand on God's word, people who will keep their word even as their bond and bring about and affect change. That brings us to this text We see two covenant keepers here in the text. The first one, I suppose you could say three. It's really a generation of covenant keepers. The first one I want to talk about is God. God keeps his word. And let's look at this. God promised some things to Jacob. Now Jacob is past. He's gone the way of all flesh, returned to the dust. His... Father Isaac and his grandfather Abraham kept God's word and and contended for the promise. But God is the one who brought about the fulfillment of the promises that he gave them. God promised things to Jacob. And if you look at Jacob's life and you review his life, but you could go to Isaac and you could go to Abraham, but just Jacob's life here, the father of Joseph. You see that God did everything he said he would do for Jacob. He did it. And it really is kind of overwhelming. Jacob lost Joseph, thought forever. News comes to Jacob that Joseph is still alive. He fell to the hands of his brothers who moved into evil, made him a slave, not knowing that God would turn it all around and make him the second in charge of the greatest nation of the earth. When Jacob hears that Joseph is alive, he goes off to build an altar, the same place that his grandfather Abraham did, a place called Bethel. And he talks to the Lord there. And I want you to look at Genesis 46.3. God speaks to him and says, I am God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt. I will also surely bring you back up again. And Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. God gives him a promise. He speaks to him. Let's look at this for a moment. So God's the original promise keeper. And in the context of this story, speaking to Jacob, who's now dead, and this burial, this, this celebration of life processional, bringing his body back to Canaan's land, And in the point of what the Spirit of God, I believe, is saying to us today is that God keeps His promises. He's a covenant-keeping God. He kept His promises to Jacob. God says, go and go down to Egypt. So He goes, don't be afraid. If God says, don't be afraid, that's good. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. And He made Him a great nation. Even today, Israel is a great nation. He says, I'll go down with you to Egypt. How many of you know if God's with you, you can do it? If He's not with you, you can't do it. But if God's with you, it's all good. Come on. If God's not with you, it's not good. So God says to him, I'll be with you. In fact, you can look at the story of Joseph and you see God was with him. God was with him. God was with him. God was with him when he was in the pit. God was with him when he was sold into slavery. God was with him when he was in Potiphar's house. God was with him when that hussy tried to seduce him. God was with him when he went into prison. God was with him. Let me ask you this question. Is God with you? Well, you hope he is really like, like, Joe, like uh, what's his name? Moses' aid. Joshua, I got it. It's in the Bible. Joshua comes into the promised land. He stands before the captain of the host who has his sword drawn, and Joshua says, are you with us or against us? Are you for us or against us? And the captain of the host says, no. What kind of an answer is that? are you for me? He gets, he's like, yes, I am, or no, I'm not. But he says no. And that is what the Lord would say to all of us, really. I mean, God is for us, but really the question is, are you with him? Yes. See, the captain of the host said, no, I don't fit in any of your cute little categories with you, for you. The question is, are you, are you with me? Because I've come to drop Jericho. And he realizes he's, he's the Lord. is a theophany, a visible manifestation of God in the Old Testament. Takes off his sandals, his shoes, and he bows down and worships him. This is what this is saying. God says to Jacob, I will be with you. That's comforting when God's with you. If he's not with you, terrifying. He gives them these promises and they, and they, they come about. I'll go with you down to Egypt. I'll bring you back again. Little did he know he'd be dead and in a pine box but he does come back again to the promised land. I'll surely bring you back. And it goes on, look, D, right in your notes, Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. And that's the picture that he's going to be reunited with Joseph, and when you die, he's going to be right there, and he'll close your eyelids in death. Wow. And that's, you know, the greatest joy that that I think a father could have. As I've gotten older, I realize this. The greatest joy I think you could have is that when you're passing, you have all your family around you. I've heard some crazy stories about that. Where a father sits straight up in bed, been in a coma, he's going to pass. Sits straight up in bed, talks to all of the kids, Johnny, Susan, goes right down the line, tells them what you're going to do, tells them what's happening, here's what I want you to do, all the way down the line. And then by the time he gets to the end, they go, Jesus is here. I've got to go. And everybody's weeping. Oh, God, you're awesome. I can tell you stories I've heard like that. I can't, I can't count how many I've heard. Very similar to that. And so God promised some things to Joseph also, not just to Jacob, but to Joseph. And God, when he promises you things, will bring it to pass. He had a dream about his, his brothers bowing down. We've studied all of this already. And of course they did. They bowed down, Joseph, second in command. He had a dream that his parents would do the same, and they, they did. And there's a second covenant keeper besides, besides God here. In this text. And that's Joseph. Joseph keeps his word. He made a promise to his father Jacob. To bury him in Canaan's land. And he fulfills that promise. He uses that promise. To come to Pharaoh's household. And to Pharaoh and say please. I've got to go fulfill the word I said to my father. There's too many people that don't follow through on their word. But Joseph did. God always stands over his word. Will always fulfill his word. Let every man be a liar. God's word is true. And so Joseph keeps his word to bury his father. And he made a promise to Pharaoh to to return to Egypt. And that's an important promise. You said, why is that? got to understand that Joseph was a hero, a national hero. And his heart, I mean, his heart's not in Egypt, and these are with Jacob's. That's why they're going back to the homeland. And and he makes him make a promise, please, you will return to me. You return to me. And he says, yes, I will. And he keeps his, they're, they're not slaves at this time. They're not slaves. They're willingly live there in the land of Goshen, the, the god space, blessed in this place called Goshen. And so he says, yeah, I'll return back. The superstar is going to stay in, the, in Canaan's land. He's going to return to Egypt. And he does, and this giant entourage is really, there's no way we can fathom how many people went out into the, into the desert to, to do this burial. All, all of Israel, if you read the text, except for the little ones and the flocks, and uh, all of Pharaoh's leaders and the leaders of Egypt, they all went, and they all marched out to do in this funeral processional of this great man who's passed now. So I believe that God's speaking to us. Very first, the first thing is this: God's a covenant-keeping God. God kept His word to Abraham, kept His word to Isaac, kept His word to Jacob. Before you were born, God has a word over you. And God responds to you and to me in covenant. He's a covenant-keeping God. You know when we tithe, that's a covenant act. See, I'm in covenant with my, I'm in covenant with a number of people, the, the, the strongest or, it's not really the right way to say it because covenant is covenant, but the most important covenant I have in my life is with the Lord. The second most important one is with you. My beloved wife, which I made twenty years ago. This year. Wow. We set our vows and we set our oaths and we meant them. Till death do us part. I wear a ring to remind me of that. In in covenant, there and what I mean by covenant, you think of it like a, a contract or an agreement. In covenant, there's covenant responsibilities. There's covenant privileges. Hallelujah. There's covenant signs. What was the sign of the covenant for Noah? Rainbow, right? So a flood comes and basically Noah gets rescued through an ark and he's now in the new world and God busts this rainbow. It's no wonder it's been perverted by those who would pervert it. And the rainbow is a constant reminder that God says, I'll never again... I will never again flood the earth. Rainbow. I'm going to set it on fire, but I'm never going to flood it. Okay, so that's what he says. He, he makes a deal, and there's a covenant sign, and it's the rainbow. In covenants, there's the, 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 the circumcision was a covenant of, anybody know? Abraham. Thank you. How many of you know what the covenant sign for, for Moses was? It's the Sabbath rest. What's the covenant sign for a believer? Well, there's there's a couple of them. Baptism is one of them. Being baptized in water. Communion, which we're going to take here in a little bit, is a covenant sign. That you've received the the new, you're in the new covenant. You've received his blood shed for you from Calvary. So when we're looking at this and we're seeing that God is a covenant speaking God, understand that God is a covenant keeper. He doesn't ever break his covenant. However, the problem is you and I do. You and I fail on a regular basis. God help us. He did. He sent his son. See, he's, he's a covenant-keeping God. See, if you learn to keep a covenant, if you learn to keep your agreement with him, then you will walk in the blessings of God. And I can't tell you how many times I have seen people throw in the towel on God, quit. They, 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 they don't hold up their end. they contend for something. You know, people are offended at God by what he does and what he doesn't do. And so there'll be a people that are offended that one person gets healed and they have to continue to contend. That some new believer comes in and gets all their miracles, and they've been contending for 10 years. What what about me, God? It's like John the Baptist. John the Baptist sends two disciples to Jesus, and and he says to them, you know, ask him if he's the one. And so the two disciples go to Jesus, and they say, Are you the one? John the Baptist. John wants to know if you're him. And Jesus answers them, and this is, I believe, it's it's in Mark's gospel. I'd have to go look. It's in there. It's in the Bible, New Testament. Jesus answers them and, tell, and quotes Isaiah, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, quotes Isaiah, and then he says, Blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Go tell them that. And so these two disciples return back now, John, who's in prison, and I, I kind of make up the next, the next bit of scenario in my mind. We don't know exactly what the conversation is between John the Baptist and these two disciples, but why would Jesus say, blessed is he who's not offended because of me? Because people are offended at what God does and what he doesn't do. And, and Jesus knew that John the Baptist is going to lose his head. That Jezebel, by another name, was going to take the head of John the Baptist. And Jesus was not going to rescue him when he could. And his disciples could have been greatly offended at at their pastor's head being decapitated and he was saying, blessed are those who not offend. Listen, you're not God, neither am I. You're the clay, he's the potter. Many people get bent, bowed up, and jacked up because God, God didn't do it for me. I went to church for at least six months and he didn't come through for me. But I don't know who either. It's like we ought to just, he ought to just come down and thank you because you came today. You came for a month. Now that, that's not a, <laughs> you're not God, neither am I. He is, right? And many people get offended at God for what he does and what he doesn't do. And I'm going to tell you something, He's God, you're not, we serve Him, and if you'll just stay faithful, if you'll just stay true, if you won't quit, because He alone has the words of eternal life, if you'll just set your face like a flint towards what He's called you to do, He will come through for you, He will bring you breakthrough, He'll raise the dead, heal the sick, set the captives free, He's God, all by Himself, He doesn't need any help. But I will tell you something, because of jurisdiction and the way that things are, he really looks for somebody to agree in the earth. Because the earth has been turned over, title deed, to Satan. I know you don't like that, but that's the truth. You see, when Adam gave up, I'm off the notes now, praise the Lord. When Adam Adam capitulated... And he yielded, and they ate the fruit. It wasn't necessarily an apple. And in dying, they surely died. And they got the boot right out of the garden. And death came in through the first Adam. The title deed of the earth was given to Satan. That's why when Satan comes to Jesus, he says, bow down to me and I'll give you all the kingdoms for they have been given to me and I give them to whoever I wish, whoever I desire. Only bow down and worship me. That's what Satan's looking to worship. If you be the son of God, constantly questioning identity. He'll do the same thing to you. Oh, if God really loves you. Oh, if you're really a Christian. The same old stupid, nasty game. He's the ugly club-footed one. Old, cl- old slew foot. And so when the, the last Adam, I don't even like calling him the second Adam because that like, means like maybe is there a third? No, there's the last Adam and his name is Jesus. And he came to die on a cross to fulfill all the regulations and the law, to die in your place and bro- breaking every curse and every bondage coming and, and, and manifest fully God, fully man, dying on a cross and rising again from the grave to defeat sin, hell, and death for those who believe. So when somebody's translated out of darkness because they believe in the sun, because they believe in Jesus, they're translated out of darkness into his kingdom. Although some of you don't realize it because you've not renewed this. You don't really understand what happened, so you still think that you're the old guy. But if in fact, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new is coming. You're not the old person. You might still think rotten, stinking, thinking like the old person, but you've been translated out of darkness into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of His Son and whom He loves. And when you grow in your identity and your maturity and you start to understand that you have the mind of Christ and you start learning to take every thought captive and make it obedient, start learning to stand on His promises, knowing that He will come through for you, God will come through for you, unless you want to quit. You see, as, as a people, we can unplug the word of God or we can release his power. It's all up to you and it's all by faith. Come on, Jesus said you have nullified the word of God through your tradition. Let me see. God can speak to inanimate things like light and say, light be. Let there be light. Let there be land. Let there be animals. He spoke and things were, were created by faith. Hebrews 11, 1, we understand it that God created the world, the aeons, the times and seasons. He's created it all together. He has a master plan. Don't worry about the devil's plan. God's got a wonderful plan. He's got a powerful plan for America, for Nigeria. He has a plan for Texas even. Come on. He has a a plan for Alaska. He's got a plan. Don't worry about it. Just serve him. He's a covenant-keeping God. I was saying something, lost my train of thought when I said Texas. Look at that. There's a, it's a bit of a jurisdictional issue, you understand. So that when you really understand who you are and who God is, he said this to me a number of years ago, who you are and who I am in you changes everything. See, some of you look at your past in this long list of failure. You look at the different things that you're even doing now. What you do is what you believe. You can't separate what you believe from what you do. What you're doing is what you really do believe about yourself, about the world, about the word, about prayer, about God, all of that. So, you, you know, you are not what you eat, but you are what you believe. This is kind of a review for some. But he looked for, God's looking for somebody to come in agreement with who's been translated out of darkness, out of the God of this age's jurisdiction, yet we still stand in it. See, the church is supposed to be an outpost uh, of heaven. If you go to the poorest country in the world, which I don't know what it is, if there's a, if there's a place, uh, um, uh, the embassy, in the poorest nation of the world. The United States, I have to say, the United States embassy in the purest place, poorest country of, of the earth. Do you think inside the United States embassy they have spam? Oh, if they want it, they have it. Do you think they have ketchup? I promise you, they have whatever they want that they're able to get. I'm sure there's some restrictions there, but they're an embassy. It literally, on that piece of property, whatever nation it's in, and whatever's going on, are you listening to me? If you could just catch a hold of what I'm about to say. Whatever, you understand an embassy, right? United States embassy somewhere in the world, right? Right? Okay, so do, are, they, are they starving at the embassy? Heck no! There's a C-135 that flies in every single week and drops off everything they have need of. It backs up and all the stuff comes out, and all the jeeps and the trucks and everything comes in. And they go get their Heinz ketchup. Come on, they get slap your mama seasoning on their eggs. Come on, somebody say hallelujah! Yeah, why? Because they're a part of the United States of America, and they're supplied by the blessing that comes from here. That's all I'm saying. Here's what the church is. The church is the same thing. We are the, the gathered assembly
1: of God. We are the people where the, the Nios, the, the Greek word is Nios, the dwelling place of God by the Spirit. He lives in your heart, He lives in mine. When we come together and we agree, Ekklesia, oh, I am preach
0: myself crazy. Ekklesia. Ecclesia is, is a word for, it's a, it's a governmental word. It's a called out group of people that when they vote and make a decision, that's what happens. Ecclesia is a Greek word for church. You see, we're not just here twiddling our thumbs and waving a white flag hoping he's going to come and rescue us. No, we have a covenant-keeping God. And if we'll stand on the word and pray and agree and stand, even though we don't see it just yet, it's on the way. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're not
1: moved by our feelings or by our emotions. We're moved by what God says. Can you say amen? You say, well, Pastor, I don't really live like that. Well, maybe you need to. God
0: is a covenant keeping God. He'll never he'll, he'll always come through. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not be in a hurry, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. I've never seen him come at 11:59, but he's always there right before high noon. Of course, my high noon is not necessarily his. God closes one door and he opens up another. One preacher said he closes one door and he opens up another door. But brother, it's hell in the hallway. God will keep his word. Look at look at, me. All of the promises are potentially available to us through our relationship with Christ. All the promises of God are yes and amen. So every promise you see in scripture is available for you. If you're willing to do your part to get it to come to pass. My sister, Kathy, all those years ago used to say, God don't bless no mess, Pastor. Well, that's true. Some people you just, you know, you're tithing, but you go home and you're kicking the dog and cursing your wife and acting the fool. And yeah, you're off alcohol, but it probably would be better if you were drunk because you act twice as mean as you were. It, it, It wouldn't be better if you're drunk. Everybody say, Pastor said, say, Pastor said, Pastor said it wouldn't be better if you were drunk. But you still have a dry drunk, you're still mean cuss, and you need to knock it off. Did I say that? Look at your neighbor and say, man, it's good to be in church this morning. Come on, yeah, hey. Some folks want the promises without the responsibility. Some people want the privileges. They want all the blessings, but they don't want the marriage. You want the the covenant privileges, but I I don't want to be committed for the rest of my life. It's probably the same person that stayed in your seat with your arms folded. You You need deliverance. Said you need deliverance. You need healing. You belly aching, get all offended at me, stay busted, disgusted, and toe up from the flow up and wonder where God is. God's right here speaking to you. He's trying to tell you through His Word that He keeps His promises, but you have to do your part. God won't do your part. You can't do His. I can't do His. You have to do your part. You got to take responsibility and do your part. Otherwise, everybody be saved. If nobody had to do anything, everybody be saved. There are some people that have a faulty theology thinking that Jesus died for the whole world, so everybody's saved, but it's just nonsense. It's just an excuse to try to, it's an excuse so that you can continue to sin. Let me just tell you that that hyper-grace movement, watch it, those of you moving to the lower 48, watch that down there. It's big everywhere. The hyper-grace, it's big everywhere. It's not so big up here, although I had some people send me books to try to get me to buy into some hyper-grace thing. You never hear about repentance. In other words, God's grace is so big, you can never expunge it, and it's all good. You're saved, and you can you can just live for him and do whatever you want to, and it's all good. It's not all good in the hood. No. No, it's not all good. You need to You need to repent to enter into his kingdom. That's the only way. And if you fail and you fall short, then you need to repent and continue to do that and live that way. Otherwise, you can become a castaway. I believe that. It's kind of a whole other message. Once saved, always saved. I don't see that in Scripture. I don't. If you continue, if you continue, if you continue, it talks about Hebrews and on and on and on and on and on. Another message, but I'll just say we're more aligned with Armenianism Arminian, than Calvinism in that area for those of you that are studied or are interested in it. You can go look at it. The, the, the God, all of God's promises are ours through Jesus. Turn to Second Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1 Hallelujah
1: Hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah, Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah. <laughs> If you can't have fun in church there's something seriously wrong Just can I say it? Something, mortuary Down the street, Down the street. <laughs> It's not here I'm not going to wave no wed- white flag and hope for being rescued. He's coming to rescue us, but we're going to walk in victory. Can you say amen? amen. Second Peter chapter 1, of verse 3. 2 Peter 1, 3. His divine power has given us all... Th- how many things? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which... Have been by, by which have been given to us the exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may, may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see, you relate to God through Jesus, his death, his resurrection. Of course, Jesus is God also. And by relating to him, You can walk in the newness of life. You can walk in the blessings. You can walk in the promises and see them come to pass. Many people want to throw in the towel and just expect God to come through. That's not how it works. I've said it before, you have to will to do the will of God. And when you see his goodness as he brings about his promises for you, it causes you to fall so crazy in love with him. His goodness and his glory, when you see it, It'll push you away from the chocolate cake and from Susie Q too. It'll push you away from the things of time and tradition and push you away from lust. You say, man, God has something way more than all that. God has something more than that. And he begins to release more of his goodness, more of his promises. We need to pray. You all there? you with me? Look at C. We need to pray the promises of God. Pray them. Pray the promise. I've said it a hundred times. I feel like a broken CD or something. The promises of God are the basis by which we pray. Say it. The promises of God are the basis by which we pray. Now, I want to look at this in the life of Jacob. I'm just going to go for a couple more minutes, and we're done. Genesis 32. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country, and to your family, and I will deal well with you. And he goes on. It's interesting to note that what he does is he quotes God. He says, if I could just put it this way, God, you said. Here's the way you need to look at this in your life. Bump the neighbor next to you and say, you, you should hear this part right here. Go ahead, bump him. Say, here, Listen, he's talking to you. In simple mathematics so long as it's not common core, because that's not simple and very confused and diluted. One plus one equals two. One plus one equals two. Let's relate that. Yeah, it's not three. Okay. Let's relate that now to the Word of God. If you have a promise from God, that would be one. Then you have the part of the equation, which is you standing on it, believing, praying, taking action, doing your part. So promise from God, you doing your part equals the promise coming to pass. Okay. So if you have a promise from God, like he'll open up windows of, I'm tithers. he give come and turn, you can turn to Malachi 3.10. Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. How have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? If you return the whole tithe into the storehouse, see if I will not throw open for you windows of heaven. So here we go. There's a promise. And it goes on to say, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And there's a number of other promises there. They're powerful. So. The promise is, if I, if, it's, it's, it's if-then clauses. It's covenant language. If I do my part of returning the tithe, you do your part, open up windows, and hook me up. Right? You get it? Okay. So if you're doing your part, and we know what the promise is, one. Two, you're doing your part, but you still see lint in your pocket. In other words, I'll open up windows of heaven, pour out such a blessing, not have room enough to receive it. You're doing your part and you're praying, and you're believing, and you're tithing, and then you come up with zilch. Where's the windows of heaven? Then what you can actually do, and what you should do at that point, is examine your life. Do I have any sin? Am I doing anything that's hurting me? Do I have any attitudes? Is there, Come on, if you don't treat your, your spouse well, men, it can hinder your effectiveness in your pro-life. You ought to treat her like Jesus treated the church. Let's all repent. Lord, help us. Right, so there's certain things that you can do or, and, or there's things you should do, things you shouldn't do, things you haven't done. You have to look at your life, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, am I doing anything to jack the promise? Am I doing anything that's getting me the lint? It's getting me the zero. You said, return the tithe, open windows of heaven, I'm tithing, lint. That doesn't work. That's common core. <laughs> Obey God, return the tithe, Right. The promise of the tithe, you obey windows of heaven rebuking the devourer. Get it? Pick another promise. Healing. Pick healing. By your stripes, I'm healed. What's the promise? By the stripes on Jesus' back, I am healed. Right? Right? in uh, Genesis chapter 15, I am the Lord your God that healeth thee, present tense, that's not the past healer, although he's that too, and the future healer, he's also that, but he's present tense right now, I am the Lord your God who healeth thee, it's actually covenant language there, if you diligently obey, so on and so forth, I am the Lord your God, none of the diseases of Egypt, so we have a promise that he is our healer, right, so then if you see your part is to just receive that really and you still see sickness and disease, you get out your baseball bat and you beat the thing up one side and down the other and you stand on God's word till it comes to pass. And I have seen many people who understand the promises at a certain level, but they're not willing to do their militant part to see it come to pass. You have to, you have to do your part. And even that's by grace. Even a desire to do that is, is a gift from the Lord. I have a book here. Um, my wife gave it to me. And um, it's a promise book. Anybody ever seen one of these? It's got, it's got all these promises. How about, a, how about, your mama have a promise box? You ever seen a promise box? Your grandmother have a promise box? And you'd be like, you know, go through and pick one for healing or pick one for provision or pick one. Those are great. One preacher said there's 8,000 promises. I heard another one say it's 7,500. Whatever, that's a lot. And they're the basis by which we pray. So when you get a promise, you pray it and you believe until it comes to pass. If it hasn't come to pass yet, you're not done praying and believing. You see, you have to mix faith with the promises that he's given you. If you don't mix faith, it's like salt and pepper. I love salt. In fact, I mean, I'm really not... I'm not talking about Morton's either. That stuff's poison. I'm talking about, like, sea salt. In fact, I know it's crazy. I'm becoming a foodie. I'm going to start carrying my own salt shaker to restaurants and stuff because I'm just straight sick of the Morton's because it doesn't have any flavor. It's like dead salt. Oh, but when my wife serves me up some of those over-easy or over-medium eggs with some salt up on those things, mm, the next thing it needs is pepper. Does anybody like salt and pepper? Hallelujah. Yeah, it's not enough to just have a promise. A promise has tremendous potential, but you need to mix faith. You need to mix it with the promise, and then it releases the power of that. I told you earlier in the service, faith can move the mountain. But if you don't believe it can, well, and it can't for you, you're right. If you don't believe it, then you're right every time. Right. Well, I work for bubble, but it ain't not work for me. Well, you're right, it ain't going to work for you either. Jethro. But if you can believe, if you can believe, you can mix faith with the promise, then you see supernatural. You enter into another realm. Everything you see here, we never had one nickel to do. We never had one nickel to get the building. We never had one nickel to buy our 16 acres. It's what I believe to be the most prominent piece of commercial property in the whole valley. It's right over the welcome to Wasilla sign. I mean, how do you get any better than that? There's no better view in the whole valley, not in my mind. And I, I might be biased, but that's okay. Come on, God has blessed us at heaven's prices. The minute we bought it, we made three million. Instantly. Instantly made three million the day we bought it. All kinds of miracles taking place. How did that happen? All by faith, all by reaching our hands towards nothing. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Believing. God is a covenant keeping God. Let me ask you this question. I'm almost done. Are you? Obviously, we know you're not God, but are you a covenant keeper? Do you keep your word, even when it's not comfortable? Do you keep your word when it's inconvenient? There's general promises. Write in your notes, and there's personal. There's personal promises. I've got some promises I've been standing on for 25 years. They will come about. They will come to pass. I can tell you story after story about situations in the church where. God spoke to us and gave us a promise. I think one of my favorite ones is many years ago. We were facing oh it's got to be it's got to be 25 years ago we were facing lawsuits uh, with the building of a building in Maui. We had a steel lawsuit and a lawsuit regarding the school and another lawsuit from somebody who fell from the from the steel, a steel worker that fell and I mean it was it looked like it was all over. And uh, walking by faith, and some of you were in the church all those years ago. Walking by faith, Dr. Morocco got a word from the Lord. That's the anointing that breaks the yoke. He preached a series on the anointing that breaks the yoke. We, every morning prayer, we were reaching our hands out, praying. Do you know that God basically set the church free from, there wouldn't even be an Alaska, there would be no church here had it not happened all those years ago on a little island called Maui, if we had been wiped out, which would have wiped out the church because of the lawsuits, if God didn't intervene, and oh, he did. Gave, gave the name of the lawyer. Dr. Marco. never heard of his name before in a dream. Call this guy. His name is this. He wakes up. He looks on the phone book. That's before Google. He called him. The guy took the case, and it was all dismissed within a number of weeks. It was over. I'm telling you, you got to get, get a personal word, and you need to learn to stand on it and decree it and proclaim it. I've heard promises about husbands being saved, wives being saved, ladies going home and putting oil in their husband's shoes because he just he's just mean and doesn't know Christ. And I'm going to tell all kinds of stories. I've driven through based on a word from the Lord. Driven through an intersection with a, ga- with a gallon of oil. Drove through. Maybe it was a half a gallon. I think it was a half gallon. Half gallon of oil drove through an intersection that I knew, some very near and dear family of mine were going to drive through every single day. And I felt like the Lord told me, pull right in, the middle of the par- right in the middle of the intersection, stick the thing out the window, pray in the Spirit, and dump the whole thing. And every day they drive through there, it's going to spray up, it's going to get on their clothes, shoot, they'll have it on their skin when they get in bed. I'm just telling you this is what's going to happen. I said, okay, guess what I did? Pulled right up, busy intersection, shot my car. oh, oh. I'm like, what's up? And it's like, it took off. I haven't seen the fullness of that miracle, but God will speak to you to do some crazy stuff. If you do your part, He'll do His. He's a covenant keeping God. He stands over His word to see it performed.
1: Don't you worry. Help's on the way. God will make a way out of no way. He brings streams in the desert. God, can you say amen? Stand up on your feet all across this place. Where's
0: my piano man? Come on, Minister Micah. Hurry up. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. People with no ovaries can have children. How's that? Because with God, nothing's impossible. People that can't have kids can now have kids by faith. I can give you a script. Stand on scripture. I'll show you some scripture to contend with it. Come on, you can believe that God had come through for you. God is a covenant-keeping God. Covenant keepers. Are you a covenant keeper? Do you keep your promise? Do you keep your word? If you don't, don't you expect one promise to come through for you? And whenever goodness has come through, that's just the loving grace of God Almighty. But you can partner with Him. I want to partner with God. He's looking for people to partner with him. Nigeria can be saved, yes. Ramo,
1: Nigeria can be saved, yeah, 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 yeah. Alaska can be saved. America, hear the word of the Lord, you shall be saved. Don't turn me down, Christiansen. All right. Hallelujah. before me? Who can be against me? I'm the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Come on. Ushers, would you come, please? We're going to go ahead and receive communion. We are going to do a covenant act right now. Come on, begin to prepare your heart. Ask God to show you the deep, ugly stuff you have in there so you can repent and you can get it out. Ask Him to to reveal to you, is there any place, Lord, where I failed you and didn't keep my end of the deal? Communion's coming. It's open communion. Anybody can can receive communion. It's grape juice so we don't stumble former alcoholics. It's a cracker right there. I don't know if it's gluten-free or not, but maybe you could get healed. Amen. Praise God. Is it matzo? Is it gluten-free? is <laughs> gluten-free. Oi! Come on, let's worship as you're being served. Oh the blood.
1: blood. Oh, blood Sing with us. all oh, the blood, the blood, the blood.
0: the Lord speak to me uh, just now about what to preach tonight and uh, so I'm going to preach very simply on how to get miracles it's so simple it's so simple and then we'll have a miracle service tonight i am gonna teach you how to how to flow in miracles it's so simple it really is don't you miss tonight spoke just so clearly to me and so we're gonna we're gonna impart that teach that you bring the sick the halt the lame the blind the withered bring them all in and believe that you can become a healing technician. Come on, love God, deliver people. Service is almost over. Continue to serve all oh, the blood of
1: oh, Jesus. For the blood. The cross, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy. Come on, sing it again at the cross, just your voices. first saw the light and the burning of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am
0: happy all day on the night that Jesus was betrayed he took the bread and he broke it in the same manner likewise manner he took the cup and he blessed it He says, this is my body, which is broken for you. The cup of the new covenant, my blood, which is shed for you. He said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So here's what we're doing. It's a covenant act. And we are declaring that Jesus died on a cross and rose again. We're declaring that it's by his stripes, by his broken body and his shed blood, that we're not only forgiven, but we're healed. And not only that, we're declaring he's coming back for his spotless bride, his church. So examine your heart right now. And repent. If you're not right with God, get right with him right now. If you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't wait another service. Don't wait another day. Oh, you might not understand it all, but man has given a measure of faith. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, won't you do it today? There really is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. There really is. You know, if that's you, and you want to give your heart to Jesus as we're here just before we receive together, that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a weak commitment to him, we're all going to pray this prayer. You agree with us right now. Say after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from your grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I receive your healing. I receive your forgiveness. Because 1 John 1.9 says, If I confess my sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive me of all unrighteousness. So that makes me righteous by your blood. I receive it now. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. Hallelujah. Would you be seated for a moment? I want to do one more thing and our service will be over. Pastor Sam, um, do you have radio stations? You know, I saw God giving you favor in media uh, in Nigeria. There's going to come some open doors regarding radio. Uh, I think even TV, there's coming some favor there to be able just to get the word out. I know there's others with radio stations and stuff, but, but I saw God giving you favor. Uh, as you put your foot through the door, it'll swing wide and God will bring you everything you need. Going to reach people. Got a powerful gift of teaching. I see a great teaching gift upon you. It's going to grow. The promises of Isaiah are going to ring like a bell in your ear. You're going to teach those. It's going to give you some keys to move the church and the churches that you're over to the next level. Amen. We're so blessed you're here with us. Amen. God bless you. You receive that? Do you need healing? Physical healing? Do you need healing? You do, I see it. Right there, just right where you are, lift your hands.
1: Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Be healed. It will not return, will not return, will not return. The cycle will, it ends today. It ends today. The cycle ends today. Healed and whole in the name of, help me, Jesus. Say again, healed and whole in the name of Jesus.
0: What are we doing oh yeah i'm gonna take an offering for our new sound system ushers help me out ushers come hither ushers ushers are there any ushers in the house please come to the front please ushers ushers to the front please we're going to receive an offering for our new sound system if you need an envelope go ahead and slip your hand up how are you feeling an envelope uh, to give. I need to raise uh, resources and finances for our... These are amazing. These are brand new, state-of-the-art Bose speakers. We needed them. Some of you had blood running down the side of your head not long ago. Uh, You don't have to raise your hand, I know. You want want to see something cool about these? How many of you know anything about PA systems? You know what you never want to do? You never want to take a microphone like this and point it at a speaker. Don't mute my mic. But with new technology, people had their fingers in their ears. It would be a great tragedy in, in a normal PA system. It's directional. Uh, there's no dead places in the church. Some of you over here realize, I can hear, Pastor, for the first time. Right here, you can hear me. Right here. Do you notice a difference, right? Do you notice? Know You're like, I never listen anyway, so. <laughs> now I know you do. But there's, there's no there's no dead places here. Front to the back it's really amazing and uh, this whole system will move to our new building so it's not a wasted investment we had to do it with these were killing us amen so i'm so sorry it's taken so long to get that corrected by god's grace we'll get new chairs too you have to deal with those hard plastic chairs we'll get some other chairs here hopefully by winter, by the time winter comes we'll begin to move on that ushers would you help us please whole new board digital digital everything it's worth about 35 grand, which is a lot of money. We got it for about 10. So that's a great thing. It's expensive all of this stuff. so all right, let's pray, Father, we thank you for your faithful, generous people. We thank you for this new sound system and for all those that gave in the first service and, and those that put it in and still need some tweaking. Thank you for our sound technician, those that helped. sir thank you Lord for powerful worship and all that's going to happen in and through them. Lord, bless the gift and the giver now in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead.
1: never gonna let me you are good good oh lord you are good good oh lord
0: hallelujah let me bless you let's lift your hands to the lord father cause your face to shine upon us today Lift up your countenance towards each and every one of us, our families, Lord, our, our church, our community, our nation. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. And give us peace. In Jesus' name, one more thing. Amen. Someone say amen. One more thing. My dear friend Michael Gannon uh, jumped on an airplane and is flying up here to do a personal favor for me. Uh, in the framing of my, I have a, a little house project, it's not so little, and uh, he's going to help me, so he's going to be preaching on Wednesday, we haven't really pushed or advertised that, tremendous prophetic gift, you want listen my crazy friend, Michael Gannon, he'll be here with us Wednesday night, we'll hope to see you tonight, be teaching on miracles, we love you, God bless you, have a great week, praise God.